This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm having weird tummy problems. I just am, and now I'm overthinking it because of Pony having to bail out on his show the other day because he got the tummy troubles, and I don't know now that if I'm actually feeling sick or if it's in my head. I'm a total mess. I said I'm going to try to distract myself and not think about it, but I can't. I'm incapable of that. You're looking red. You're sweating. I'm sweating bullets here. I don't know if it's because I'm having a a pseudo panic attack or if I'm really going to have it come out of both ends. And I don't want to give too much information, but I was constipated yesterday, so that could be it. Now, maybe the floodgates have opened. I don't know. <sighs> but joining us in the fan hotline is Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing, and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great, Crowley. It sounds like I'm doing better than you, buddy. Yeah, no one would ever be able to survive inside my own head besides me. Like, Starkey would have a shot because he has to live in his own head. But I could be making a mountain out of a molehill here, or I could be dying. Nobody knows. Should we move on? Sure, it sounds good. I'm going to root for the former, though. Yeah, me too, buddy. Uh, We don't want to lose you yet. So, inexplicably, the game yesterday was not on TV. The game yesterday was not on the radio. You could hear it on Pirates.com. But I've seen nothing but snippets from people like you, Jason, and from the Pirates themselves so tell us what you laid your two eyes on yesterday in Paul Skeen's spring training debut. I saw the best pitching performance out of anybody this spring. I'm not sure I'm breaking any news there. Um, it was electric. I mean, dude's throwing 102. Um, that's obviously very good. Ten pitches, four, 100 or more. Henry Davis's home run was a thing of beauty, too. It's a swing that we've seen a lot down here. To me, that was the biggest takeaway. Those two guys just absolutely dominating it. I, I hate that it wasn't on too, man. I, I just I thought MLB missed the boat there, and Big they're time. so wrapped up in this like spring breakout thing, which is great. I mean, I'm all for promoting the best young players in your game. I'm not saying anything negative about that, but like, man, put on a camera, two hmm. cameras. It doesn't have to be a full blown broad. Do something. Put it on MLB Network. But anyway, that's that's probably an aside. I don't want to take away from the players, but I Skeens was just. <laughs> I've watched a lot of minor leaguers throw. He does not look like a minor leaguer when he throws at all. Could you see them using this opportunity? And there's a lot of discussion with Henry Davis starting off in AAA. Could you see them using that as an opportunity to 
uh, have he and Paul Skeens grow together and then come up at the same time and then hit their stride uh, in Major League Baseball at the at the you know whenever they get up to the to the majors uh, at the same time? Could you see them doing something like that, or is this just something that to to push Henry Davis into uh, getting better throughout the spring training? Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing it, but not for the reasons you outlined, Doran. I mean, I, I, I do worry this is like what they want or what they think or what they expect or whatever, and that, that being Skeens and Henry Davis in the minor leagues. You know, and I I think it might be surrounded by or their intent is development, but I think you also need to go into such things with the idea that players may just tell you something different, and, and that's what they say. Now what they do, um, yeah, they can grow together. I think that there's something to be said for that. But at the same time, like, you know, Skeens doesn't need that. Henry doesn't need that. They've been working out together at Pirate City all winter. They're already very close. They understand what's at stake here. They want to be a part of it. And I think it's foolish, again, if this continues. I, I wrote this this morning that, you know, if this continues, I, to me there's no other thing you do but you put them on the team now you got to see the next few weeks play out. Skeens has to pitch a lot more. Henry has to catch and hit a lot more. And if they don't do that well enough, then you adjust. And that's perfectly understandable. But I, I, look at, I look at the Pirates right now, and I've heard a lot about how they need to take more steps, and they want to win, and winning is important, and everything that they've said. Okay, well, if that's important, you need to put the best guys you have out there on the field. And what I saw yesterday were two guys that deserve to be out on the field. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining us here in the Fan Morning Show. It's 8.06. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. You don't got to be a baseball savant to see that all these other starting pitchers, Jason, were given two innings and Paul Skeens is given one. So I'm guessing they're going to have an innings limit for him this year. What's your best educated guess on what that might be? Oh, man. Um, he's for 120-something last year so mm-hmm. i mean it can't be below 100 i wouldn't imagine i mean they're going to say that those innings at the major league level are different a lot of times you talk about like a 20 inning jump so can skeens go from i'm going to say 127 i don't know the exact number can he go to 127 to 147 that seems aggressive um or se- i shouldn't say it seems aggressive it seems like something they might not do but you know i, I i'd hope we could at least get to 120 Right. I mean, but yes, you're, you're right about the 10 pitches, the innings limit, the conservative usage. And I mean, in their defense, the Nationals did that with Strasburg. Teams do that with guys all the time. I hate it. I think Skeens is going to hate it, but I, I'm not going to be shocked if it happens. I just it's hard to say an exact number because we're talking college innings to pro innings. Uh, see, Jason, I, I love this time of year because, you know, you get opportunities to see new faces. And for myself personally, I love going on to pit practice during spring ball and watching practice and seeing that one guy like, wow, that kid's pretty good. Wow, this yep. kid is, you know, is, is putting together something pretty nice. You know, where's this kid from? Looking around and like, oh, man, he has a chance. You know, for you, you get to see it, you know, day in and really day out down in spring training. And whenever you saw Tamar Johnson the other day, what was your initial reaction? Oh, boy. Um, very impressed, number one. Uh, one beauty, though, I would, I would argue with baseball, maybe over college football or NFL football, I mean, you see them a lot. Like, I like getting out to minor league facilities. You see that in our coverage. You see them. You know, I, I had seen Tamar Johnson quite a bit leading up to that. But I've, it's like Tamar Johnson grew up so much in two swings. Um, and it's, it's a tough thing for a 19-year-old to be in big league camp and, 
you know, he looked a little tentative at times. And then it like all came out. I don't know what happened. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's just in there and he got comfortable and got a good swing on a ball and got some confidence out of it. That's awesome. He's been riding that. But it looked like that game in Dunedin really pushed him forward quite a bit. I mean, he, he already, I was watching him yesterday in Sarasota and he, he looks like, you know, just a, a more confident guy, not a different player or anything like that. Just, you know, all of us, what we were at 19 and, and feeling a little bit more at ease around older people. Um, but I just, I've, I've seen his swing for a number of years. And so seeing that happen and seeing the ball go and seeing what he can do to a baseball, that part of it didn't surprise me. It's just the other stuff and seeing a kid very quickly start to like grow into himself and, and feel confident and feel a part of this thing. That was the neatest thing for me. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Fan Morning Show. I saw you ask Derek Shelton about Yasmani Grandal and the Pirates catching position. And it didn't seem like they really want him to catch 100 games because he's 35, Jason. At least that's the way I read it. And so that means your number two catcher is going to get a bunch of games, 60 games, 70 games, something like that. Well, why would there be a problem? Given that Andy Rodriguez was probably going to be your everyday catcher this year, why should anybody have a problem? Why should they have a problem with Grandal getting 90, Henry Davis getting 70, and then you find a way to get him in the lineup at DH and right field from time to time? Like, what? Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd even argue that it deserves to be flipped. Um, you know, give Henry 90 and give Grandal. Yeah, I guess that could be the bigger problem the Pirates fans might have. Yeah. But I mean, yes, and and I didn't like the answer again from Shelton. Like, they keep dancing around this topic, and that's why I tried to ask Shelton that because I wanted to see what he would say. Like, they won't explicitly say that Grandall is the starter. At the same time, he referred to the position that Davis, Jason Delay, and others are competing for as the C two spot. You know, I mean, just like hockey, just like anything else, C two means backup, second, whatever. so are you really going to tell me that they're going to start Yasmani Grandal over this version of Henry Davis? I, I can't believe it. I Have really you can't. noticed anything with his catching that would make you go, oh, boy, this guy doesn't belong, Jason? Who's that, Davis? Yeah. Not a thing. Not a thing at all. It looks fine. What are they not seeing in him then? I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I would say is just sample size. It's been so, yeah. so, so brief. And that part of it, I understand from their perspective, you know, but yes, what I've seen so far, Adam, there's nothing that says he doesn't belong. It, maybe it, it blows up in two weeks. I don't know. I, maybe we see more and he really struggles. I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that Henry Davis is going to stop hitting. And I understand the Pirates wanting to take a cautious approach. I just don't understand what's so hard about saying like, look, we don't know. You know, we signed Grandall. He's a major leaguer. Um, you know, he's going to be on the team, but we have to figure out what the other part is, you know, and they can explicitly say like, look, we, we like Henry. We realize the potential. He just hasn't caught much. So we want to see him catch and we want to make sure he's okay. We're not going to, you know, learn that in a week. So we'll figure it out. But they, you know, the answers are just odd and they lead people to speculate like Charrington, what he said on TV, Shelton, what he said yesterday, like, you know, it just kind of scares the daylights out of people. And I don't think it's necessary. Last thing here for you, Jason, there's three guys that I kind of put in the same bucket. That's Quinn Priester, uh, Luis Ortiz, and Rowanzi Contreras. Each have had a turn through so far. 
Uh, what have you liked out of those guys? Uh, what have each of them or one of them kind of left you wanting more? Yeah, um, and those are really two important guys, Adam. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but the Pirates need, I would say, at least one of them, preferably two of them, to earn jobs. What I've really liked out of Quinn is his slider cutter. I don't know what – like we were, we were debating with him what you call it. Um, he wants to call Slutter. it a slider. It's more um, – See, I can't say that. Maybe I probably you... <laughs> can't. I probably can't either. I'm going to hit the button. All right, I hit the button. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, that's probably what I'd call it if I was allowed. Um, but, yeah, so that was really good. What I didn't like is his velocity. It's still like 92, 93. I'd prefer it 94, 95. So we'll see. It's early. If that picks up, that's important. I'd like Rwandi's velocity. He had a problem with that, and that's – there's life back on his fastball. He's 94, 95. He might have touched 96. That's been there and fantastic. Um, I didn't like the inconsistency of his curveball. If Rowanzi's just a fastball slider guy, people tend to sit on that. Yeah. And his curveball and changeup haven't been good enough. And so you saw him, you know, get ahead of some guys, but just not be able to put them away. That was a Mitch Keller problem once upon a time. So it's a, it's a familiar familiar thing. But the better he executes those pitches, the more success he'll have. Jason, this was delightful. Thank you for jumping on. And yes, I am feeling better. Thank you for asking. All right. I hope your tummy trouble stops there. Good to talk to you guys. You too, buddy. Thanks, Jason. That's Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette. He'll be taking over Ron Cook's job in the not-too-distant future, but does a great job with the Pirates, and that's why we had him on. How you feeling? I actually feel a little bit better. Yeah, it was in your head. I think it was. Well, I actually think because I was constipated yesterday, I got some stuff working down below, but I don't think it's anything major. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. I think I'm fine. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Right. The, most, the most interesting thing that he said was that out of all the starters so, so far, the most impressive guy has been Paul Skeens. Mm-hmm. The most impressive out of any of them. One start, one inning. Does that, does that shock you? No. The one thing I would quibble with on him is he says he should start. If he's the best pitcher down there, he should start on the major league roster. No, because of service manipulation, you wait two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is, a month. And then you bring him up, and then you get the full year out of him. He also was speculating like 140-ish innings as well before that innings cap. What you don't want to run into, and this would be a good problem to have, what you don't want to run into is, oh, my God, they're in a playoff spot. Hey, Paul, sorry. Hit the sauna. We can't use you. Oh, my God, that would be great talk radio fodder. Do you think they would do that? It would also suck. I do think they would do that. Really? If they have a set innings cap. No way. I think that if they're in a playoff position, they Uh, wouldn't go beyond that. No way. Well, let's talk about that coming up next. No way. In the unsponsored but soon-to-be sponsored super popular segment, the Bradenton Bucko Breakdown. That's next after a a Beckty fan headline. Yeah. Home runs from Henry Davis, a three-run shot, as well as Keeper Ryan Hayes were not good enough for the Pirates against the Baltimore Orioles in spring training action yesterday. 9-8, Paul Skeens, 1-2-3, the batters went, including two former number one overall picks, Jackson Holiday and Adley Rutschman, that was retired by Skeens. Pirates back in action today at 1 o'clock against the Tampa Bay Rays. Pirates are back here on 93-7, the fan, on Saturday against Detroit. Headlines of Papa Bowser and Genesis Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Here's Doran. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-board parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. 
Download today. Must be 21 and over. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. This music can only mean one thing, Doran Dickerson. It's time for our Bradenton Bucko Breakdown. Pirates yesterday fall 9-8 to the Baltimore Orioles. 9-8. That is also, I think, a tribute to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get it? Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. Because uh-huh. they're average? Ha-ha. Uh-huh. 9-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, like 8-8 eight, eight is Jeff Fisher Day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. August 8th, Jeff Fisher Day, because he was always going 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. You get it. Henry Davis yesterday, two for three, boys, with a ding-dong. And he's now hitting 368. Not a big sample size, but mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I like it. And Mackie said something. Makes a ton of sense to me. Okay. You like Yasmani Grandal. So he's going to he's gonna catch 90 games-ish, is what... Derek Shelton said yesterday, why not have Henry Davis catch 90 and Yasmani Grandal catch 70? The guy's 35. He's been bad for two years. Like They say they value defense, and I guess they assume he's a better defensive catcher than Henry Davis, but his metrics defensively these last two years haven't been good. Probably learning curve, though. Flip-flop it. You can maybe ease him into it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, do that. Yeah, maybe it's a 50-50 split earlier on in the season, and then... Henry Davis can slowly start taking over. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. No, I don't think he's rolling it out whenever he's – I mean, everything is subjective to change, right? Uh, You know, you could say 90 and 70, um, around 70 for the backup catcher. And then, I mean, if if things change, injuries, um, he's older, you know, just not doing well. I mean, things change. Yeah, they do. And Clint Hurdle always used to say, like when talking about pitchers, like the batter's swings will tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. Are they getting good swings? Are they off balance or not? Like watching the game will tell you. If Henry Davis proves that his bat cannot be taken out of the lineup and they're giving him 50-50-ish reps with Yasmani Grandal, yeah, that probably would change over the course of the year. The problem the Pirates got themselves into was a lot of smart baseball people were, were talking about AAA. And I think it did scare Pirates fans into thinking that this could be a terrible thing for Henry Davis and for the organization. If they had never mentioned AAA, I don't think anybody's quaking right now. We know Paul Skeens. We talked about him a bunch already. One inning, no hits, no earn, no strikeouts. Ah, Shame on you, Skeens. Not able to get a strikeout. Jeez. What did he throw, 11 pitches? Yes. (laughs) They're going to have an innings cap on him. Clearly. All the other starters have gotten two innings. Bailey Falter yesterday, for God's sakes, got two innings. Paul Skeens gets one. So the hypothetical is this. The Pirates in the throngs of a playoff chase. It's early September. Paul Skeens has reached that innings mark. Do they abandon the plan? Or do they shut his ass down? They absolutely abandon. That's why he's here, is to help you get to a playoffs. I don't care if the innings go over than what you plan. That's why he's here. But you can also play the game where if you know that you're close and he is up to pitch that day, just be like, yeah, well, you're not pitching that day. Or have an innings count then uh, before, maybe like a month before September or whatever hits. It's such a fabulous hypothetical if it were to play out this way because then the conversation is, all right, we need him to win now to get to the playoffs. Like. <laughs> So we could skip a start and push him a day back or push him two days back or be creative with it. 
but are we going to make the playoffs if he's not going every fifth day? There's nothing I want more than for this to transpire because it would mean the Pirates are in it. It would mean Paul Skeens is a big part of them being in it. But I think it would be maddening the Pirates fans if it, if and when they did shut him down. And I happen to think they would shut him down. I, there's uh, what What is 20 more innings in the playoff run? Could be everything. No. Could be the difference between his arm getting blown out or not. It could be the difference in them moving on. I know. Advancing. I know. And I've always argued, like, when the whole Strasburg thing happened. And they played, what was it, a game seven against the St. Louis Cardinals. And they don't put him out there because they've got the innings limit. Like, this is why you acquired the guy. To win a World Series. Not five years from now. Why are you worried about five years from now? You're trying to win that game that day. Now, that's a more extreme example because it's it's literally now. You need him versus how many years you're going to have him or if he's ruining his arm or not. I I think they would shut him down. I would disagree with it vehemently. Like, you're here for a reason. It'd be like a quarterback getting you 12 games into a season. You're in a playoff race, but he had arm injuries before, and now you're going to sit him down for the backup quarterback. It's just, yeah. it's a tough look. It's a really tough look. I don't. They'd manipulate it. Yeah. Skip a start, yes. move something around. There's and no way. There's no way they'd hold him out all of September. They have a pirate playoff game here, and <laughs> he doesn't pitch. No way. Well, Paul, you know. We only have four more innings blocked out for you. I don't think you can go fifth in the, the way, season. The way they would manipulate that is not at the back end skipping starts. Right now. But right, right now. But yeah, right the, now. The start. Yeah, right now he's going to go an inning, and then when everyone else is getting built up, you build him up, but you build him up a little bit slower. And maybe whenever he's in double A, if he starts there, triple A, if he starts there, he's going four innings instead of five. And maybe he's going every sixth or seventh day instead of every fifth day. They've got bodies down there. That's what they'll do now, just to guard against that. I've said I just want to see him, if he's got 150 innings in that arm, up from 130 or whatever it was last year, I want to see those here in Pittsburgh. I do. Like, sooner than later. Forget Super 2, how about service time? Get him up here in three weeks and have him help the ball club. They're a starter short. Jason Mackey said he's the best starter he's seen so far. One more guy. In our Bradenton Bucko breakdown, Anthony Salamato, one inning, one strikeout. I saw there was some speculation on social media yesterday, Austin, and you quote tweeted this saying, what if he pitches well and he'd be in the rotation? No, he's not a mega star like Skeens. No, well, M- the MLB scoops asked that right. question, and I said, not a chance. MLB scoops. Well, he hasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but he hasn't pitched above double A, right? No. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Just in double A. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I understand fast-tracking Skeens because, I mean, dear God, I I don't think they would do something like that with Salamato. Anything else we're missing from yesterday in the Bucko breakdown? I don't think so. Thanks to Mar Johnson got another hit. He did, and actually, yeah, we're missing quite a lot. Key Brian Hayes. Home run. Hit another home run. He's hitting 250, but he's doing so with power. If he can just be a 20-home run guy for the Pirates, you're talking about an all-star on a massive bargain on that contract. And then our guy, everybody's guy, O'Neill Cruz, two for three, one ribby. My man's hitting 333. I want to see him steal a base. Just he so did. we can see him slide. He did. He did. He did. I don't know. I don't know if he slid or not, because it wasn't on mother bleeping television. That's unbelievable. But he did steal a base, I believe. I thought I read that. I think he singled in the first inning and then stole a base. 
Good. That is the Bradenton Bucko breakdown. Anything to add, boys? Sliding is important. Yes, it is. Sure is. Confidence. Confidence is key. For him. You know who never figured that out was Gregory Polanco. Uh, one of my favorites. One of your favorite? Yeah, really? I love was Gregory he really? Polanco. I have a Gregory Polanco signed jersey. What? Wow. He signed it, yeah. Jose Tabata? How about this? Niger Morgan? I have signed jerseys from Chris Starling, Duffy? Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco. I've always wanted McCutcheon, never got it. Well, I think you got opportunities here working at 93.7. The uh, fan might have to make may. something happen. The outfield of dreams. Mm-hmm. People always said I look like Starling Marte. We looked like each other. And then we took a picture together. We didn't look anything alike. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I'm afraid to comment on that. Why? For obvious reasons. You uh, want my quick, my quick Starling Marte story? So we were in, at Fenway for Pirates opening day. It was my 16th birthday present to go up to Fenway. and Oh, so last year. Yeah. Starling Marte signed my jersey. And, and there was a guy from New York that also had a Marte jersey. So he signed both of our jerseys. Two weeks later, it was announced that he was suspended for like 90 games. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but I am going to say this. You see a lot of men in various degrees of undress whenever you're walking around locker rooms. Starling Marte, put together. Put together. It's as far as I'll go with it. Good for him. <laughs> Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. They say that steroids actually makes that go the other way, but hmm. didn't find that to be the case with him. The text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. A lot of complaining from ACC basketball coaches why our conference is getting the shaft. Well, Jeff Capel was part of that as well. We're going to play it for you. We're going to react to that coming up next. First, a Becky headline. Pitt basketball lost earlier this week to Clemson, 69-62. to Panthers are in action on Saturday. Boston College tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Coverage right here on The Fan Begins at 5.30. You can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Pitt is currently 7th place in the ACC in the next next four out, according to ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi for the NCAA tournament. Headlines are Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com. Here's Crowley. You're a Pittsburgher, that means you love two things. Beer and saving money. Put your hands together, people. How about a great deal on beer from Hampton Beer Outlet? 18-pack bottles of Stella Artois, just $19.99. I'll say it again. 18-pack bottles Stella Artois, just $19.99. That's the typical price for a 12-pack. Pay 20 bucks, that's 20 bucks, and you essentially get a free six-pack of delicious, clean, crisp Stella. Pretty good, huh? Offer valid Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Best prices, great customer service. Hampton Beer Outlet, Route 8 in Hampton. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Someone just texted in, Crowley, you're wrong for that with Starling Marte. Why are you looking? I'm th- I'm, uh, peripheral vision. You I got were, eyes. You were, you were looking. I got peripheral vision. You looked. How about that one time? Was it Brendan Sutter? Brandon Sutter, the old Penguins center, who was talking in the background of like a Dan Potash interview, and he's just naked and <laughs> just hanging out there for everybody to see. I'd be so worried about that if I were in an NFL locker room. Or- I always thought that was very weird. Like you can't wait twenty minutes to come in and talk to everybody. Why do you have to come in right after practice? Yeah, man, it would benefit players. I think for two reasons: one, they could get dressed. Like, we literally wait for guys to come out of the shower and get dressed while we're all in there. That's yeah. a very bizarre thing it's to do. It's very bizarre. I would be so self-conscious. It's not a, like, you don't want people in there watching you or trying to avoid watching you. And then the other thing is it would help players cool down a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So they might not say stupid stuff because was, they were all jacked up in the heat of battle. I just thought it was just really unnecessary. It's a very weird operation. They give them 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you don't have to miss the end of the game coming down from the press box anyhow. Right. In practice, like, I mean, it's weird. Like, right after practice, before I would get to my locker, there'd be a big media scrum in the middle of the locker room. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Why can't they stay outside and talk to each other? And then whenever we get a shower and we're all dressed, they could come in. I'm with you on that. It made no sense. It's never made sense. Never made sense. They literally take their towels off and throw them. Yeah. You guys threw your towels off into the bin while we're all standing there. Yeah. You know what? Let's get a petition going. Let's stop this. I mean, my locker was next to Andre Johnson whenever I was a rookie. Like, you don't think that the whole, every day the media was there? So while the media was there, I mean, I'm in my locker naked and getting dressed <laughs> while there's a, a, like 15 people standing next to me every day. Yeah. And, and there's Andres Johnson right there. Right. He's mm-hmm. all wrapped up in the towel. Like, it makes no sense. The Doran Dickerson. Come Clean is brought to you by Wetco. Go Unlimited. Visit getgocafe.com slash unlimited for more details. Jeff Capel, not happy. That the ACC is undervalued. The Clemson coach said the same thing. If you are a coach of an ACC basketball school right now, and your team has any kind of a pulse, you are complaining about bracketology, and you are complaining about the net rankings. Capel, the other day. I don't know because Coach is gone, because Coach Williams is gone. That people feel like they can take shots at our league now. <laughs> um, you know, you get tired of, you know, like, look, everyone's tired of the Chiefs now. You know what I mean? Like, people got tired of the Patriots when they won so much. People, Duke was the darling in the 80s. After they won them, you know, back-to-back, they became the villains. And so the ACC has been the best conference. Historically, numbers-wise and everything, sometimes people maybe get tired of that. And you put this narrative out that's not true, um, you know, about our league. Because when you look at what we've done, when we make it to the tournament, you know, multiple teams in the Final Four, multiple teams winning national championships, multiple teams to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight. Like, that's been proven over and over. So I would say what happened in the past doesn't really matter here. Not if at another point in that 23-minute conversation that he had with the media, he's ripping on the Big 12. Like, If you want to rip on the Big 12, find a different way to do it 
than talking about the past because Kansas won the championship two years ago. Baylor won it the year before that. The history for that league in the recent past, pretty doggone good. He went on to talk about how the Big 12 does sort of jake the rankings. And he said all these Big 12, and I'm paraphrasing, all these Big 12 teams, they've got weak out-of-conference schedules, and they're blowing teams out by an average of 27 points. And that's why their net rankings are as high as they are. Then I stumbled across this, Doran. Pitts, non-conference strength of schedules, 344th. And they won by an average of exactly 27 points per game. So the same exact number that he used to rip the Big 12 is what Pitt did in their non-conference with not that strong of a non-conference schedule. So I'm going to try to, to to ride the fence a little bit on this one, Doran. I think he's right. The ACC does not get enough respect. But what I would tell him is, you knew if you beat Clemson or you beat Wake Forest, you get a chance to get into the tournament without having to do anything in the ACC tournament. They blew their opportunities. I found that these ACC coaches are more likely to talk about this kind of stuff after not handling their business than before they have a chance to handle their business. That's my only problem with this. I, I think what he's saying is that there's a situation on, in the Big 12 that is the same situation, but you're not, you're not challenging them like you're challenging us. Like he used, he used himself as an example on purpose. It's like, yeah, we were the same as teams in the Big 12. You know, our out-of-conference schedule – was the same as the teams in the Big 12. The point margin was the same as the teams in the Big 12, but yet you want to put them on a pedestal and then push us down. Like, that's kind of where I take it. Like, where's the even playing field here? That's what he's saying. Like, why are we getting punished whenever there's the similar acts going on in a different conference, but they're being rewarded? Yeah, and there's nine right now, if you look at Lenardi's bracketology, nine Big 12 teams in as compared to five now in the ACC. He does still have Pitt on the bubble, not in the first four out, not in the next four out, but in the next, next four out, if you will. And there is a Kansas State team from the Big 12 that's ahead of Pitt with a worse record. I I don't think Pitt has an argument to be in the field right now, though. If you want to talk about the conference, maybe getting the short end of the stick, I understand it. I, and I think Pitt is a good basketball team. And I think if they got into the tournament... If Blake Hinson's hot, they could win some games in the NCAA tournament. Their resume, though, to me, is not befitting of one that deserves to be in right now. But but Kansas State's does, in your opinion. I wouldn't even argue that. Like, because they're still on the outside looking in. But Pitt, Pitt's the reason that they're not going to be in is because they lost twice to Syracuse because they lost to maybe the worst team in Power 5 in Mizzou. But I, I get that, but there's going to be a, a Big 12 team that gets in that has the same exact dynamics. That's what his argument is. Somebody will get in that will have the same same opportunities Pitt did. Here's what I look at, though, with that. Like, Pitt is going for, I believe now, their second... Well, they're not even going to have an opportunity, but Pitt... They're now 49th in the net, right? I don't want to bog people down totally with the numbers here. Pitt has three quad one wins, right? So I'll look now for Kansas State because they're the team we're going to punch on, right? Mm -hmm. Kansas State, this is called scrolling now, Mm -hmm. live on the air, which Mm -hmm. is probably not great radio. It's all right. It's all right. Trying to find info. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to do. I can't find damn Kansas State on this thing anywhere. Are they behind Pitt in the net? Kansas State, actually 75th in the net. 
All right, then find a different team. Find and, a- and they're three and five in quad one. It does that that does not make sense to me. That does not make sense to me. But here here's what I here's what I think. In the Big Twelve, it's a little bit different this year than it has been in years past because you don't play everybody twice, but you play most teams twice. I mean, you're playing Houston twice. You're playing Kansas twice. You're playing Iowa State twice. That's six games right there against top eight teams in the sport. Like the league is top heavy, I think, but because of that, it boosts the resume now of all those teams below them. I don't know. I I I mean, okay, like because of this year, but I, I don't I don't I I feel like the argument is is that if we found a team that was in comparison to Pitt. And I'm using Pitt as an example, yeah. not, not trying to be like, oh, Pitt needs to get in. Like, I understand the landscape and the temperature of the you know, Pitt this year. I'm saying that what Jeff Capel's saying is that there's going to be a, an equivalent of a team in the Big 12 compared to Pitt that will get in and will be looked at because they're top-heavy. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why is that? Because, and he said this, he was like, well, is it because Williams isn't here? It's because Krzyzewski's not here anymore? Now why are we getting punched down and we're a weak conference out of nowhere, whenever you're rewarding a conference that is basically doing the same things as some of the teams that we're doing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he complaining as much about this before they lost the Clemson game? Not as much. I mean, this has been a co- this has been a topic of conversation the last three, four years. It, it has. Like. And last right. last year, I thought it was even more of a fever pitch now. Oh, yeah. Because the argument was last year, North Carolina's down, Duke's okay, but they're not what they used to be. And so the argument was the flag-bearing teams in the conference aren't as good so then everybody else looks bad yes this year carolina's good like i i'm having trouble with this there's so many metrics there's so many teams there's so many resumes to compare i get all that at the end of the day if pitt beats missouri they might be in right now if pitt beats Clemson in a winnable game. If you hit your layups, they're probably in right now or on the cusp of being in. No doubt. They just split with Syracuse, not lost both. No doubt. But there's going to be a team that has the the same type of format that if they were to beat, if they were to beat, if they were to beat, well, that will get in. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Where do you come down on all this? It would have carried a lot more weight for me if you would have said it, you know, two weeks ago. And I, he did, like he talked to Hathorne on on the Capel show about it, but not this outward kind of conversation. Like, talk about it before you have a chance to take care of your business, not after you didn't take care of your business, because they didn't take care of their business. They still might get in. I still think they could win the ACC tournament. I really do. If Hinson's hot, I think they could, but I think that's my that might be what it takes. Coming up next, there's a prospect at the NFL scouting combine. That said one of the wildest things I've ever heard. And I want him to be a Pittsburgh Steeler because we need to interview this guy here on the Fan Morning Show. Tell you who it is, what they said coming up next. The 50-minute mark on the fan. That's coming up in four minutes. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Now it's a Bechty fan headline. Scouting combine runs through the weekend in Indianapolis. Penguins lost last night against the Seattle Kraken. 2-0, 2-0, Tristan Jari was in net. Pens return tomorrow against the Calgary, Fra- Calgary Flames. On the road, 10 o'clock. It's the third of a four-game West Coast road trip for the Penguins, currently 4-5-1 overall in their last 10. Pens are still in seventh place 
in the Metropolitan Division standings and still looking up at everybody, including the top three seeds that remain the same, the Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes, and Philadelphia Flyers that have been mostly the same in the Metro all year. 62 points for the Penguins at seven back of third place Philadelphia. Headlines for Private Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. I think one of the best attributes a good radio host can have is to just be real. Halfway through our conversation about Jeff Capel, the ACC, Big 12, net rankings, Doran got me, and then I dug my heels in, and I couldn't get out, and you were pulling your punches. Yep. But you got me. Yep. And you actually made what Capel said make more sense than what Capel said. Because it was kind of lost on me whenever he went down history road. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, who cares about what North Carolina did a decade ago? What but in Duke context, did with it In context, it does matter. I don't mean to, I don't mean to get you well, again. Well, I, I actually, but that's a point where I'll, I'll totally disagree on because he's knocking the Big 12 out of the other side of his mouth, but the Big 12 won a national championship with Kansas. No, he's not. He's saying two years that it ago. was equal before. And why is it not equal now? No, I get that. I get that. Actually, he, what he was saying was the ACC was superior before, and now all of a sudden everybody looks at it like the redheaded stepchild. Both conferences have great history. The Big 12's got better recent history, I think. And, I, and I'll also say this. like, And this is really a different conversation. Like, what happens once you make the tournament to me is irrelevant. It just is. Like... Ohio State won the national championship in the the first year of the first year of the college football playoff. I don't think they deserve to be in over TCU or Baylor, but they won the national championship. They weren't deserving to be there. They wound up being the best team. I think those are two different things. Do you deserve to get into the tournament or not? Is your resume befitting of a of one of the 68 best teams in the sport? That's what it's judged on. Like if you get in and win, that's awesome, fine. But I think it's about whether you're deserving or not. Those are different things to me. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I also, I, I, I said this too, Doran, because like, I don't want to get killed here. Like, oh, Crowley hates Pitt. I said it yesterday. If they played Missouri today, they beat him by 30. Yeah, I don't think that, I, I mean, I don't think that any Pitt person that's listening should take it that you're crushing them right now. You're just giving a side that you thought was right. It is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How about this guy at the NFL scouting, scouting combine? Oh, God, I'm rattled. This guy from the NFL scouting combine, he is a Texas Tech player. He says he doesn't believe in space. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. Nah, I don't believe in space. I'm like, you know, I'm a religion, so I think, like, we're in the right now. I don't think there's, like, other planets and other stuff like that. I don't know. What, what, what led you to that point, to believe in? Well, like, I really, I thought you should believe in, like, All right, I got to dump out of that. The audio is too bad. He says he doesn't believe in space. He doesn't believe in planets. Now, I know that Devin Bush didn't believe in making plays in space. That's a different thing entirely. I want this guy on the Steelers. I need to talk to him. We need to do a show with him. A why, weekly show. Why what you, an idiot. Well, did, did you get anything else? Like, I mean, whenever you maybe read transcript or anything, is there anything else that came from doesn't believe in planets? I mean, you can see. I kind of stopped there. Okay. I kind of stopped there. Like the flat earther stuff. 
When I hear you're a flat earther, I don't need you to describe what led you to that path. So, I just need to know that you're a flat earther, and I'll probably avoid you. Basically, I mean, if I try to get into his brain, basically he's like, okay, the mission to the moon wasn't real. That's right. And there's nobody that's ever broke through the atmosphere of Earth. Correct. And we just look into, like, the, the sky and the stars are just maybe, like... <laughs> A picture. <laughs> yeah, he's like, out there. Like, but I, I like know. I like a guy with such little self-awareness that he does not care that the stuff coming out of his mouth is super dumb, and he just says it anyway. In fact, he'd be a really good radio host. But is it? But, but see, like, Don't this do is, it. What? What are you going to say, but is it really dumb? Right. Is it? I mean, you have to give him a chance to explain, and if he explained <laughs> it, in a way, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't no, think that anything anybody ever says is really dumb. It's just how they think. Except for my NCAA tournament take. What is he going to explain? How space isn't real? Yeah, if come on, Magellan. If you, if you, what do you got, Galileo? If you're standing up there in front of scouts and coaches and media, like you better be able to explain what you're saying and Dorn, what you believe. It in. would be like if I said, I, I used to think this, but then I read books. I used to say gravity doesn't exist. The Earth is just moving straight up at a rate of speed of 9.8 meters per second squared. So when an apple falls from the tree, the Earth comes up to meet it. Do you really need me to go on? No! What you're thinking right now and with that glazed look on your face is, shut the hell up, you're a moron! Isaac Newton discovered gravity, which, by the way, if we were alive back then, one of us could have come up with gravity, huh? You think? Thing falls from tree. Why? Let's start asking questions. But do you really need the elaboration? Probably not. Just tell the guy to shut up. Except we'd have him on our radio show. If I was standing there in front of scouts and media, and it was my biggest interview of my life, and I brought up something like that, I better have a case. <laughs> because yeah, if right. I, on the, in the, on the other side, <laughs> if I'm on the other side and I'm a GM and I'm listening to that conversation, I'm like, this guy... Is not bright. I am not drafting him. Like, if he's good enough, you just say he's eccentric and you move on. Like, what is he going to think? Like, oh, well, you know what? He's going to, I don't believe in wearing pads. All right. People text in 412-928-9370. And I'll be careful with the ones that I read. What are some things that you don't believe in that are generally assumed are fact? 412-928-9370. He then went on to say birds are government spies. Well, he's got a point on that one. Yeah. Coming up next, we need those texts. What do you not believe in that everybody else believes in? 412-928-9370. But we're going to talk about Paul Skeens. One inning, no hits, no runs, hit 100 miles an hour four times. What does his future look like this season for the Pittsburgh Pirates? Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet and McMurray. Save some green in March at Sun Chevy or sunchevy.com. High 54. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.